The Start On Demand. On demand. On Tuesday, the public health order was extended once more, just for a few days until Saturday, at least. And a lot of people aren't happy with Premier Brian Pallister saying he was playing the blame game. What do you think? We've also learned there is an epidemic of PTSD. Whether you're in ICU for COVID or your surgery is repeatedly cancelled due to COVID, what are the long-term effects? We speak to a Winnipeg woman who is running 5K every day in May for a fundraiser to help kids who need beds. And we talked typos. They're often hilarious. And as it turns out, even more hilarious than we could have possibly imagined. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Wednesday, May 26th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb was wearing shorts a couple of days ago. Today I'm wearing a fall jacket. I'm cranky. What (laughs) what happened with that with the weather, Loren? The wind was insane. I said to you guys this morning. I don't know about where you are, but I'm south of the city, and I couldn't sleep last night. It was blasting against the house so hard. But here's where I'm at with my. Settling into my 40s thing. I planted a garden last night in these garden beds my husband built last year. And I didn't do it on the weekend. But, you know, you're always supposed to wait till after May long, supposedly. I don't really know what I'm doing. And all I could picture last night was my onion bulbs flying through the wind. And I was very concerned at, like, 2 in the morning. Should I go out and just check on those onions? Like, they're onions. This is where I'm at with my stress. You know, just always, you're always on kind of, like, up and aware and... Doesn't seem like I can ever get any rest. And so I pictured kind of like a Dorothy of Oz scene, but with my onions and moose flying around last night. That's, and I did not sleep and I needed to sleep because we all, of course, were thinking about the jets. And Greg, I had me thinking about you. The wind kept me up, I, but I'm hoping you slept like, like a baby. We got out a hurricane in these parts <laughs> last night. I would not have heard a thing. I was. I went to bed at uh, 6.45 last night. Jackie got home from work. I made supper for the kids. She walked in the door. I greeted her appropriately and said, see you in the morning. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and I managed to get to sleep right away. So uh, one episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I was out like a light. So uh, bravo to uh, that. I'm very happy about uh, getting some sleep but i cannot believe how cold it is i did how yeah you know what now that i say this (laughs) walking through i did i guess somewhere along the line bring my flowers inside we have hanging baskets in the backyard Mm -hmm. so my kitchen looks and smells like a garden center (laughs) and uh, my garage is full of potted plants I, i just i can't get over this but you know what i'm looking at my notes here and Dorothy Doby always said, June 1st, June 1st. Can the I long add? weekend is too I, soon. It's I too was soon. talking to my grandma last night, and she also mentioned, as I told her, I had just finished planting the garden yesterday, and she, oh, Loren, I don't know. But she also <laughs> added, and we're bringing on a meteorologist in our next segment, just after 6.15, just to check about where this turn of temperatures is taking us. She also added that she's heard, you know, that the old wives tale or whatever you want to call it, that the May moon, once you get past that, you got to get past the May full moon, early June moon, if some, depending on how it lands, and then you're good to go. So maybe it's just mm. the moon playing tricks on us. I thought we were in the full moon cycle right now. We are today. So, so once we get through this, I guess. Oh, we'll, once we get through it. Once we get through it. That's get past Wait, that the sounds moon. incredibly accurate. <laughs> I know. I mean, today it does. Next year we'll see where it lands and then we'll see. Be like, We're not worried about next moon. year right now. This is pretty good. Get your grandma on here. We don't need Environment Canada. <laughs> this is what we will hear from Environment Canada, as Loren said, in our next segment. And uh, another thing to... I like I I said that I was cranky because of the weather but I just I'm tired and kind of burnt out today because there was a lot of news yesterday uh, a lot of news conferences yesterday Loren to digest 
so much information coming out right now, right? And I get that. It's hard to figure out how to keep up. And I was even talking to a girlfriend last night when it comes to the restrictions and all the rest. You're trying to, trying to, you know, they extended the public health orders to Saturday at midnight. So that's Saturday morning, but you're trying to figure out the math around that. And you hear that yesterday and then you think, okay, well, how long is that going to go on? Is that really going to be the case? Then the, at 10 o'clock, there was these doctors who spoke out who are really concerned about what's going on in our healthcare system. We're going to play some audio from them at 6.37 because it's not just about COVID patients. It's about the non-COVID patients, people who have heart surgeries that might be dying, waiting for surgery, people who are living some very real stresses and, and they're really worried about the long-term impacts, the PTSD impacts. And then uh, there was another briefing with uh, Lynette Saragusa and Dr. Gray and they're with the province and about what we are seeing and the fact that we have a growing number of Manitobans who are now being shipped out of the province. And then late lat, then the premier spoke and we're going to play some of his audio later because there was a bit of a blame game going on, you know, just about the idea that, well, there's some patients coming in who may not have been vaccinated or may have not have been tested and kind of a, what's the matter with you, Manitoba? And that really irked people, Greg. And then late last night, we learned around supper hour, rather right before you went to bed, that we are shipping more people out of province to help our ICUs. And now Saskatchewan, is part of the game. And so there was just, it was like an information overload yesterday. It's so difficult to digest it all, to unwind from it all, to unpack it, to reorganize your feelings, or maybe, you know, you're constantly on that same, on that same road of, of rage or concern or frustration or sadness, or maybe you've just tuned it out. And that's perhaps where we've got for so many people is that, yeah, you know what, guys, we appreciate the information, but I just can't handle anymore. And I think there are a lot of people dealing with information overload right now. And I'm going to throw one more thing into the mix. It was broached during uh, the premiere and Dr. Rusin's uh, media availability yesterday. Schools, aren't the kids supposed to go back to school on Monday? Yeah, May 30th. Huh? You think that's <laughs> happening? Haven't really heard. That was what people thought there might be an announcement on yesterday. And so, it, it you know... Our job is to take in all that information. And what I kept saying, I ran into, um, I was driving through town yesterday and ran into a girlfriend and I said to her, you know, if I'm struggling as somebody who listens to these news conferences on a regular basis to keep up, I can't imagine what the average person, and by average, I just mean someone who's not listening the same way we are, right? Or the business that's trying to figure out if they can or cannot operate or the golf course, Brett. I mean, you know, there's just lingering questions this week for golf courses. It's like that it's, it's, it's a struggle to digest. Yeah. There was some confusion yesterday regarding golf. It was thought that uh, the, the, the people who live alone would be exempt and could golf with a designated visitor. And then that was later clarified. The public health order very clearly states that. Uh, you can visit somebody if you live alone or have a designated visitor, but sporting activities, you got to do it on your own. Uh, so that was another thing that kind of, I was on a little bit of an emotional roller coaster yesterday because I was telling all my friends, look, hey, or not my friends, but I was just sharing the news and I even selected a designated visitor and then I had to flip all that backwards. So yeah, yesterday was uh, was another, uh, yet another emotional roller coaster of information and... We'll just try to continue to roll with the punches, I guess, and we're going to have some fun. Like, do you typos. say to your designated person, sorry, Brett, do you say, I choose you, and then 10 minutes later, I unchoose you? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> that was it. I shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, wait. Nope. Never mind. Train's <laughs> not even train station. on that card? Is that what that is? <laughs> I unchoose you, choose you, and it's a train upside down in a ditch somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that train was blown over by the wind. Well, Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. In our next segment, we're going to have some fun talking about typos. Tell us a story about a typo. Did you ever get yourself into trouble? 204-780-6868, $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza. Up for grabs, which we'll give away just after 9.15. In the meantime, Manitobans are being left with life-altering conditions in some are dying as the pandemic strains hospital resources. This is according to a local group of physicians. Several doctors from across the medical spectrum aren't mincing words, Brett. They're saying the situation right now is a catastrophe, Dr. Eric Jacobson says. Of the patients waiting for heart surgery, around 180 people, six have already died, 
and others are being sent to the U.S. for spinal surgery because they are slowly becoming paralyzed. It is clear that cancers are progressing and are not being operated on. People who have aneurysms, the aneurysms are bursting at home and people are dying. Those doctors wanted to paint that picture for us because they wanted us to see all the other impacts COVID is having on our system and how they want us to take these restrictions seriously because Manitoba has gone from a grim outlook to a dire one as we struggle to create room in strained ICUs. Global's Brittany Greenslade has more. As quickly as new beds in Manitoba intensive care units are created, they're being filled even faster. People who are currently on ventilators or uh, who are unable to talk because they're gasping for breath, they're on oxygen, they're lying on stretchers in our emergency rooms. ICU capacity has increased by 150%, but it's still not enough to handle the surge. Our hospitals uh, are being uh, stretched to the limits right now. There's hundreds of people in hospitals struggling for their lives right now. Doctors say the situation is dire. In the first three weeks of May, 170 patients have been admitted to the ICU, more than triple last month's patients. These patients are critically ill. They're younger and younger. And what is tragic and what is heartbreaking for the staff, these patients suffer with their illness alone. Alone, and for many, now hundreds of kilometres from their loved ones. 23 Manitoba ICU patients are now spread out among eight different Ontario hospitals, Others could be on the way to Saskatchewan within the next 24 hours. And North Dakota is on standby. Just imagine for a moment what that would be like to have a loved one put on a plane, shipped to another province or state, and you might never see them again. Surgeries are once again being delayed, creating a domino effect and moving other patients out of province for treatment. There are people now who are waiting to have their spines operated on that are losing control of the bowels and bladder and becoming paralyzed. And in fact, the province has now started transferring these patients to U.S. institutions uh, for surgery. It's a dark tunnel Manitobans are now trying to find their way out of. Brittany Greenslade, Global News. The stress on families as families get moved out of province for COVID care. There's the stress on their physical bodies. And then, of course, Dr. Jacobson says there's the concerns, the very real concerns of the longer-term mental health effects as Manitobans receive this highly modified form of critical care. And what is tragic and what is heartbreaking for the staff, these patients suffer with their illness alone. Their families can't come into the hospital. And the psychological trauma to the patients who survive this to the families is just immense. I think we will have an epidemic of post-traumatic stress disorder when this is all done. And tragically, dozens of patients are going to be end up uh, being shipped out of the province for critical care in other uh, provinces. We have asked staff to step up and increase the amount of care. And although everybody is doing their best, it's difficult to imagine that the nuanced and the type of care that we provided pre-COVID with one nurse to one patient in these new on-the-fly adapted models can in any way be the same level of care. If you're having a hard time imagining what life is like for nurses and doctors, how about this instead? Imagine somebody you love waiting for critical life-saving care and finding out their procedures are constantly rescheduled or cancelled altogether, or that loved one is being sent somewhere else to receive that critical care. The psychological impact for these patients being cancelled, being held in hospital is immense. We don't know what the long-term consequences are, but there will be an epidemic of PTSD in these patients as well. You can imagine the implications for these patients and their families financially. They are sitting, they can't work, they book uh, their surgery, which has happened, and they get cancelled. We recently had a patient who was ready to be taken into the operating room last week and for the third time their surgery was cancelled within 30 minutes of surgery. You know, one of the things that's uh, kind of helped me sort of maintain some perspective through this and through the restrictions is I think of how this is affecting the hospital system. And I remember that my dad's heart surgery was last January. It was January 2020, thankfully in January 2020 and not 
March 2020 or May 2021 because who knows how many times it would have been pushed. Even then, his surgery was rescheduled at least once, I think twice actually. One, there was one time we were at the hospital and they had to come out and say, I'm sorry, we, we have to move this because he needed an ICU bed. And he ended up needing an ICU bed for six days. It was supposed to be one, but there were a couple of uh, just some complications. They wanted to, to keep him in the ICU. So he, had, he needed that bed for six days. So I'm thankful that he was able to get his surgery before this because, Greg, who knows what might have happened now. Well, Brett, what was that, what was that like on your end of it? Uh, maybe your dad has shared with you what it was like for him, but what was it like for you as a son getting the news that your dad's surgery was postponed. It was frustrating. It was frustrating uh, because, you know, he w- he wasn't in immediate danger, but it was a situation where doctors said deemed he needed to get the surgery and needed to get it sooner than later. So to be at the hospital, to be ready, I just, I, mo- I mostly felt bad for him, right? Like imagine, you got to, I don't know what it's like to go through a major surgery, but I would imagine there's a bit of a psychological sort of, prep time and you get yourself ready to go and then you're told no not today right and you want to you want to get it over with and i mean that in the positive way right it's a date on the calendar it's it's potentially you know life-threatening for all sorts of reasons and i mean it's still a standard procedure but it's your heart so you want to have that dealt with as soon as possible and then to keep having that push back and that's the line that stood out for me yesterday from dr gray if you can't wrap your head around covid can you wrap your head around the covid patient or sorry the cancer patient or the heart patient or other who might be Having that back and forth, that tug of stress, just waiting for their procedure, that does that resonate with anyone? Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, $20 gift card, Santa Lucia Pizza. Tell us a story about typos. We want to talk about typos, either the words that you commonly misspell or maybe you got yourself in trouble because of a typo. 204-780-6868. Shoot us a text, and we'll give away that gift card after 9.15. It's inspired by ourselves, because we, <laughs> we like to poke fun at each other for typos in our group chat, and uh, the one that we've specifically referenced a couple of times recently. I can't even remember how it started. I think I found the original message from Greg where it, it simply said, I am can that for sure. And uh, I later pointed it out. <laughs> and now it's just sort of become this this like catchphrase for us whenever we have a, a bad, bad typo. We'll just put at the end, I am Ken. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us a story. Let's go around the horn here. Cameron Poitras. Oh, okay. I'll go first. Um, well, you know, it's funny. Me and Loren were just talking about like by email, the IIHF Men's World Hockey Championships. And the ambassador to Canada, I mean, Canada's ambassador in Estonia and Latvia, like what, a, what a, by the way, what a gig. Yeah. Like there's no hard negotiations going on there. What are you trying to get them to buy more Canadian cheese or something like that? <laughs> but anyways, this guy is an ambassador to Canada and he, and he, so anyways, Latvia beat Canada to nothing. And so he goes, losing is never fun, but if you can lose a hockey game, then do it in the opening match. And he put, he doesn't know that losing is only 1-0. It's not two O's. And he did it twice. He, three times, actually. <laughs> was it some sort of official communique? It, well, it was on his Twitter account. Oh, that's official enough. Yeah. So everybody losing, is, I, know it's, I know it's an O. The English language is not perfect, but it's only one O. That's like a pet peeve of mine. Okay. But this is a top diplomat. He doesn't, he's representing Canada, doesn't even know that. <laughs> and these guys, like, I looked up in his bio. He's like in the UN. He's like a supposedly an educated guy. Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff Braun. Cam, stay off Facebook. It's 90% typos. Well, I, do. I do. Oh. I do. Uh, for me, it, it isn't even one thing. It is everything, and it's on my phone. Uh, texting is just a nightmare. If you've received a text from me, I can guarantee that it was at least the second try, probably the third or the fourth try. And it's gotten to the point where, aside from my girlfriend, I honestly, I try not to text anyone. And if I do have to text somebody, it is as brief as possible because it is just so frustrating. I, I, it's my thumb. 
every time I go to hit the space bar, I hit the letter N. So there's no space <laughs> in between words. There's just the letter N between every word. So it's one big giant word before I realize what's gone wrong and I have to delete it all and start over. I, I just hate it. <laughs> Do you miss uh, having a, a, a phone with actual uh, keys on it as opposed to a touchscreen? Uh, I never, I had a little flip phone was the only other cell phone I ever had, I think that did that. So I don't really no. That was for its own source of frustration. Cause he had hit the button so many times to get a letter to pop up. True, true. T nine texting. Well, that was also an adventure ancient. on itself. That's ancient now. Greg. Uh, can I just say this? I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I send a text message and it's riddled with all sorts of errors, I'm like, Jeff, it's probably my second or third attempt. I'm looking through it. And I'm going, ah, I'm just sending it like this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can figure it out. We get all sorts do, of hilarious. What's that? I was just going to say, do you ever try like dictating a text to your phone? Oh, yes. I have all sorts of some fun with uh, talk to text. Didn't we have fun with yes. one yesterday? You guys? did one yesterday and I had to respond. I have no, like I, I started it for five minutes and I was like, I have not a clue. Like not even, I, there's not even a common word there. I was like, I mean, Pallister, is this supposed to be about COVID? What's he spelling? Is this a cry for help? Should I call 911? Like I had is no there, idea what you were saying. Is this saying. a coded so message? Done. Has he been kidnapped? Yeah. <laughs> But you it know was what? In that new, it was in that new font that sort of looks like cut out uh, newspaper uh, clippings and headlines. And, and so I was trying to, to plea for help, but nobody came. <laughs> but here's the thing your phone's supposed to be smart, right? Like, I, like the whole yeah, autocorrect thing. So I write down sounds good, you know, in our internal chat a million times a day when we're exchanging ideas. Sounds good, that's good, looks good, reads good, whatever, reads well, I guess it would be. And it always corrects it to sounds food. <laughs> Like every single time, yeah, which yeah. makes no sense. And let me tell you this. I am never writing duck in any sentence. You know what I'm writing for? In any sentence, I'm not writing, oh, what the duck? Oh, that is dynamite. Sometimes the phones are too smart, though, because like I have troubles spelling some words, and I'll, I'll be trying to spell the word, and I can't figure it out. Autocorrect can figure out what I'm saying, so then I have to go to Google, and then Google doesn't know what, what, I'm, what word I'm trying to pick, and it's so frustrating. What word are you trying to that's pick thing, that is that stumps even Google? I don't know. You know, I, I was drawing a blank earlier. I was drawing, drawing a blank, so I, I can't remember, but uh, I do remember there's one time I was like uh, 19, I was seeing this girl, and uh, had her name on my phone, and uh, I totally spelt her last name wrong. She goes, hey, I can, can I see your phone? So I give her my phone. She goes, uh, you know you spelt my name wrong, right? <laughs> I was like, oops. Mm. Is that why you're not and seeing it? And it's her over. Anymore? Yeah. <laughs> that's what ended it, actually. What's that? And now you can't even find her to apologize. <laughs> Which name is it? So text us a story about typos 204 780 Chance to win a $20 gift card. Santa Lucia Pizza will give it away just after 9 15. This made me laugh. The best typo. The city of Winnipeg Hydro Department put out a Christmas recipe book one year. It had a hot crab dip, except after it was issued, and we're talking about a couple thousand copies, it ended up as hot crap dip. Oh, no. <laughs> Very embarrassing for them as it was too late for a reprint. Have a merry hot crap Christmas. Oh, one letter, hey? There, there's a text from a listener right now about her husband was having problems with his phone. MTS was the provider, and so he sent a text to a business client, which he later realized had auto-corrected to read, quote, sorry for the delayed response. I've been having some trouble with my missus, like MRS, oh, as opposed no. to MTS. MTS? <laughs> and then his client sent a ridiculously over-sympathetic reply, which then prompted him to recheck his original text. Can you imagine? I've been having some trouble with my missus. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, maybe you need some counseling for my trouble with him, with my phone provider. <laughs> One letter. <laughs> yeah, it could change the whole thing. How about how about Becky? Um, I mentioned the fact, you know, maybe Bill Gates doesn't know Autopack, uh, you know, and uh, whoever's programming all these words that automatically autocorrect. Well, pierogies probably isn't on the list either. Becky says, I texted my husband and asked, 
asked if he wanted pierogies and farmer sausage for dinner. Except my phone <laughs> autocorrects pierogies to peroxide. <laughs> so now he thinks I'm trying to kill him. <laughs> so keep texting us 204-780-6868. Chance to win $20 gift card. Santa Lucia pizza like somebody texting in a joke that says a priest, a minister, and a rabbit walk into a bar. The rabbit says, I think I might be a typo. I can also say uh, to anyone who's thinking that uh, they should break the public health orders that I've uh, come up with an 11th commandment, which is obey the public health orders. And I would encourage everyone to make sure they do that. Premier Brian Pallister yesterday sitting beside Dr. Brent Rusin as restrictions were extended to Saturday and the Premier once again pleading with Manitobans who have not been vaccinated to get vaccinated, uh, Loren. But some people were not keen on his message and his tone yesterday. Well, there's been an issue for many about the idea of blaming people who are now in hospital or victim blaming, as you might call it. And so one of the quotes from him yesterday was that there are Manitobans who didn't bother to take an hour or two, in his words, didn't bother to take an hour or two and go out and get a life-saving vaccine. And then he said it in a number that said about 70% of hospitalizations are folks who haven't been vaccinated. I've since sent an email to Shared Health and those at the province to figure out, well, where were they in this? Were they people who even qualified in the first place before they got sick? We just recently, you know, extended that age to 12 plus, but that was only within the last, you know, week or so. And so some of those people might have had a vaccine booked and just didn't get to their vaccine appointment. Maybe they didn't qualify at the time of hospitalization. Maybe there might be those who had the one shot, but not the two. So there's lots of qualifiers to be made in there. And also, Greg, I think worth pointing out that, you know, the, the, there has been criticism that the vaccine rollout has been slow, at least in the beginning. And so if there are people in hospital who didn't get the vaccine, is it fair to say they chose not to or they just couldn't at the time because it wasn't ready to them? Because I put my hand up ready to go months ago, even though I didn't qualify. So if I happen to, to contract COVID then, am I to blame? It feels like a little bit of a deflection, but I'm going to say this. The premier can speak passionately. He can speak powerfully at times. I just feel like this impassioned decree, this impassioned want feels just feels late again. It feels as though this is the sort of messaging that we should have had, not necessarily directly tied to the situation because we weren't in this situation three or four weeks ago. But to say that we couldn't see it coming and that continued line of rhetoric, just, you know what, stop. We, we could see it coming. You were told, you were warned by the people on the front lines. But I think the Premier could use this impassioned please, you know, at different times. And sometimes it, it comes off as victim blaming. It comes across as, as blaming the people who, yeah, I think you're exactly right, Loren, people who are in a circumstance for which this premier might be suggesting is of their own making when perhaps it wasn't. Let's get some facts behind that before we start doing things like this. And actually, Dr. Brent Rusin, I think afterwards, if I was listening to the right spot, and I know we were all listening around the 1230 into 130 hour, I think he qualified later saying, you know, we don't know where in the cycle necessarily all of those have been. They have been good to get us numbers on the people who have sadly lost their lives and where they were potentially in that vaccine cycle. But we don't know. I don't I, I at least have not seen that data for all hospitalizations. So there was that qualifier from Dr. Rusin. And, and I get what he's trying to say, you know, get the vaccine do what you can, follow some of the rules. Sometimes it's just the way things are being said that uh, I think people are struggling with. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, we are asking you this morning to text us about typos. And as always, you're coming through with some amazing stories at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win a $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza. Peter, with the latest and greatest, Greg. Love it. He says, I was going to meet a brand new customer. I am in outside sales. Customer told me to text her when I was about 10 minutes away. I voice texted her and her name is Bev. <laughs> when I got to her house, I looked at the text and with astonishment noticed I had said, hi, babe. <laughs> I'm about 10 minutes away. 
thank God she has a good sense of humor. We call each other babe to this day. <laughs> Peter, thank you for sharing that. And I shared with Peter the fact that I remember I had a customer long, long time ago, one time by accident and out of habit at the end of a phone call, I said, love you. Like I was talking to Jackie and uh, he said, love you too, Greg. And <laughs> we both had a good chuckle. And for about two years after that, every time we were on the phone with one another, we had to end our phone call with love you. <laughs> I like that. That's nice. I don't know about you guys, but I always forget to delete somebody's old contact info from my phone. You know, they might write and say, I have a new number and I just add it in oh. and then I just text all the time ran, you numbers know. for the same person and this happened to my husband where i was sending some texts that were along the i love you lines but you know a bit uh, <laughs> more for the evening times ah. and uh finally this person writes back i don't know who you think you're texting but this is not your husband I'm like, mm-hmm. so just so you know that's not happening tonight okay <laughs> 204-780-6868 keep those typo texts coming in the meantime it's wednesday just after 8 30 which means Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, seeing as how we're all sharing, I have received one of Lorraine's naughty text messages. <laughs> you have not. And let me just say, your husband is a very lucky man. <laughs> you have not, I hope. <laughs> no, but now I want to. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a good day around the uh, Anderson household today. I've cracked open a new bag of uh, hazelnut coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh, the place smells great. Oh, by the way, it's a paper airplane day today. The only plane, the only plane we feel safe flying these days, by the way. Uh, what else? Oh, I've got a little treat for uh, each of you today if we have time. So let me get through the first couple of stories quickly, and then I'll get on to something for each of you, uh, Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Do any of you, um, I'm thinking maybe Loren or maybe Greg, because I think kids... Are, are either of you hiding your snacks? If you have a snack yes. that you really like, are you okay? Loren, tell me about it. Yes, always, especially the chips. I don't want to share them, and yes. I uh, I have keep them under the bed, and then I'm very <laughs> and I do this reach for them like a, yes, no, I knew that you mentioned that in your yes. text message. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> under the bed tonight, you will find the following old wrappers, yeah. and but I don't. Right. It's not that I don't want them to have it. It's just that I have ones that are my own, you know, like the ones mm. I really. So I have. I love salt and vinegar chips, and so does one of my oldest. So so does my oldest, yeah. and I don't. I gotta yeah. be honest. I don't want to share with them. Mm-hmm. Greg, I don't care how that makes me sound. Well, I'm. I'm. My home studio's in my basement. I'm about 14 steps from our auxiliary pantry in the basement here in our storage area. And last week, Jackie bought a box of those dad's cookies, two mm-hmm. of the chocolate chip cookies per package. I went to go get a package of those cookies this morning. They're all gone. Gone. Yeah. 96 cookies in about eight days. Darn <laughs> I don't kids. know where the kids are hiding the packages, but I'm going to start <laughs> hiding those cookies henceforth because, uh, yes, uh, it's a strategy we need to implement in our household health. I mentioned this about hiding snacks because I was surprised at this number. New Pulse is almost half of us do it, 48% hide snacks mm. around the house. I, I was surprised that it was that high. Uh, kids, they've done a survey of kids. Kids say dinners, uh, on average, dinner should last about half an hour and be eaten in front of a TV. <laughs> there you go. No surprise in that poll. Okay, uh, something for each of you here. Greg, uh, Alex Van Halen, I'm sh- you probably already know this. Alex Van Halen, uh, his custom-designed Ludwig drum kit, it did over 100 shows of the Invasion Tour in 1980, and it is going on the auction block. It's the first, uh, the only uh, drum kit by Alex Van Halen to go on the auction block. It spent five years at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, and 100% of the selling price is going to charity. Any guess what they figure it might get? I'm trying to yeah. figure out how many things I can sell in short order in order to <laughs> bid on it. Um, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it's it's low six figures. Is it is it about a million bucks? No, it's they figure and these are conservative estimates, two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars. But still, pretty cool item, eh? That's U.S. Um, so yeah, I was close. 
and and I, now you pretty close. you may know this. I I didn't know this. Um, apparently, this drum kit began Alex's long fascination that uh, with uh, flexible hoses joining drums. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I guess yeah, that's okay. also why I, I um Okay, you should not have told me this. I mean, that's completely uh, out yeah. of my league in terms of, but now I'm going to be dreaming right. about it. Thanks, Hal. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Brett, uh, McGarry, um, new Willy Wonka prequel. Why? Why are they doing And uh. Timothy Chalamet is going to be in this. They start filming in September. You're a couch potato, so I'm mentioning the movie news with you. And it'll be out in 2023, and it will take a look. The new uh, film musical will focus on young Willy Wonka and his adventures. Uh, I don't, I don't want to know what he was like. Mm. Isn't that part of? That's part of what makes Willy Wonka cool is that we don't know anything we about don't him. Know. Right. He's just this weird, kooky guy who lives in a chocolate factory with the Oompa Loompas, mm-hmm. and uh, I want it to stay that way. I don't want his backstory. Yeah. Plus, new he's ideas. also he's childlike. Like, is it a childlike adult? And that's the whole thing. So I don't want to see him as a 10-year-old. I want to see him as a 10-year-old in the 40-year-old man, man's mm-hmm. body. Yeah. And I guess Anyhow, actually um, in that Tim Burton one, that I think they actually went back into his childhood in that. And I hated mm-hmm. that. That mm-hmm. version of the story sucked. I did not like that movie at all. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you, Brett, when you say, you know, uh, we don't want to know. We'd rather, you know, use our imagination and come up with our own storyline. But I, for me, it's just Hollywood get a new idea, right? I yeah. mean, do we need another Willy Wonka uh, remake? Okay, and for Loren, uh, some puns. Yes. <laughs> These are groaners. Uh, and you can add this to your repertoire, uh, Loren. <laughs> what is an arbitrator? An arbitrator is a cook that leaves Arby's to work at McDonald's. <laughs> because he's a traitor. Get yeah. it? Avoidable. Avoidable. Do you know what that is? Avoidable? It's what a bullfighter tries to do. Avoidable. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> uh, one more here. Counterfeiter. Counterfeiter. Workers who put together kitchen cabinets. Counterfitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just seems which reasonable, reminds me, actually. Which reminds me, final week to qualify for Hal's Kitchen on my show. And, Self-serving uh, we'll puns we'll, are the best, Hal. <laughs> well, there you go. And a great way to end the segment. Guys, have a wonderful Wednesday. Thank you very much, Hal Anderson. Afternoons, 1230 to 3, unless there is a COVID presser, and then it'll be on after that. And indeed, cjob.com as well from May 3rd. That's when it started. Ends May 28th. Listen to Hal Anderson Afternoons to qualify to win a $5,000 kitchen makeover by Kitchens Today, a division of Winnipeg Custom Countertops and Cabinets. And on Monday, Monday, May 31st, Hal is going to call one lucky qualifier live on the air and award them the grand prize so that is awesome that's a great prize right now as a lot of people looking to make some changes on the home front mackling mcgarry mcnab producer jeff forte master control by the way producer jeff forte first shot today you excited shot 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 <laughs> You only get one, Jeff. I know. It's not like a night at the at the uh, at the Curtis. Hey, just one shot. You got to limit yourself to one shot today. <laughs> Good old Curdy. <laughs> anyway, did, did you guys call it the Dirty Curdy in your uh, in your? <laughs> in of course your, we did. In, in in your generation, yeah, yeah we okay. did. And uh, right by the uh, the old pole there, if you know what I mean, we called it uh, Creeperville. <laughs> all right well that went off the rails (laughs) anyway just wanted to acknowledge you're getting your shot today we're excited for you bud that's great stuff and indeed that was the topic of discussion for premier brian pallister yesterday pleading with manitobans loren to get the shot, to book the appointment. And we talked about this earlier, got lots of feedback at 204-780-6868. Yeah, and just about whether or not what was being said about the idea that people who might be ending up in hospital right now aren't vaccinated and that there's a percentage that haven't had the vaccine and this idea that, okay, well, were they choosing not to get the vaccine and ended up in hospital or were they even in the queue for the vaccine and ended up in hospital? You know, Forte, for example, just going today because he's eligible for today. Well, if, if someone in his age group ended up in hospital before that, 
is that their fault? Uh, people would suggest not. And so we talked about the tone, Greg, and the idea of whether or not we agreed with what was being said by him. And we had some people writing in to say, yeah, bang on. They don't like the way they're being spoken to. And another one, uh, Jacob texted to say that, you know, hang on. Um, that Sorry, it wasn't Jacob. It was another listener who said that they thought Pallister's message was on point at this third wave stage, what does it take for people to get the message? If you're not following the rules, ultimately the responsible does fall on you. And so they thought it made sense to throw that sort of finger out and point that finger and say, well, it is on you, Greg. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said earlier, I love when the premier gets passionate. But that passion, instead of asking Joe Biden for help on Saturday, instead of pointing the finger at Justin Trudeau for the past three months about vaccine supplies. Yeah, that's been a schmozzle, no question. But we've known since January that it was going to be this way. And so that passion about getting vaccines, yes, I get it. But don't point to somebody in a hospital bed. You should have got a vaccine. We should have been yelling that from the treetops. And and maybe the, the premier has been yelling that from the treetops for the last three months. And he might be just as frustrated as everybody else. And I get that. We're all entitled entitled to frustration at this point in time. But what is the value of that? I guess that's the, the debate that we're having. And the other debate that's been popular over the last several days is the possibility of incentives being introduced with regard to getting those vaccines. And we got a text message. It came in very late last night. In fact, uh, none of us were in the building. It must have been something uh, that might have been said either on Charles Adler's program or on the shift overnight with Shane Hewitt that prompted this text. And I'm curious as to how many people feel this way. Instead of rewarding people to get the vaccine, take something away from them for not getting vaccinated. Every Manitoban has a health number. Give everyone over 12 years old until July 1st to register for vaccination. If they still refuse to take away, if they still refuse, take away their Manitoba health benefits and tell them if they want health coverage to purchase private insurance. Obviously, they don't believe in Manitoba's health care system. All the numbers are in a database and would be easy to control or cancel or find something to take away from them. I am sick of the non-believers extending this pandemic. Hmm. Oh boy. I I get the I get the theory behind that and the idea that you shouldn't be rewarded just because you got it. The reward should be what you might get out of the vaccine and I think that sort of goes down the lines of what people have been asking this province to do which is to release that template that blueprint that plan that would show if we get to this percentage or this many people vaccinated here's what we will get this is what you'll see you know and this idea that Ontario's rolled out a plan BC's had this plan other jurisdictions have had this plan Saskatchewan I think came out of the gates with it first and so that then allows you to say okay if we all go June 15th, this could happen. July 15th, this could happen. If if we if you knew you could hug your relative, would that be enough? And I but we know that those are the things that are coming. So I don't the I don't know if I like it. The people that don't care about the vaccinations, the people that aren't going to get them are hugging their relatives anyway. That's very Despite true. Despite of the public health advice. Kevin, and the garbage man. Of the issue. Kevin, the garbage man had a great idea yesterday morning. He says, how's this for a vaccine incentive? The premier needs to get a dunk tank, set it up at super sites. You get your shot, you get to dunk the premier. <laughs> Kev's got some fun ideas. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we are giving away that $20 gift card, Santa Lucia Pizza, in our next segment. So keep your text coming on typos for your chance to win that gift card. Liz, for example, says, I texted into Clay and was telling him I was so excited because I got my second shot booked, but I didn't realize that it said I booked my second... Well... Just uh, she she didn't type out shot. She typed a different S word. So anyway, that's funny. So keep those coming at 204-780-6868 and deliberations shall continue. We'll give it away in our next segment. If you have school-aged kids at home, you know how tough this last school year has been for them. 
Mm-hmm. They've had to adapt to learning remotely and in some cases have fallen behind because they just can't keep up. Some parents have expressed concerns their kids aren't getting a normal education and perhaps it's worth exploring the idea of having them repeat the grade. Learning online has worked well with some students, but not all of them. Many have struggled to keep up and learn the curriculum. Not being in a physical classroom with their teacher and peers, that hasn't helped either. And that has many parents wondering now if it would be best to have their kids repeat a grade. Holding kids back is something that we've largely moved away from, but experts say perhaps it's time to get back to that. The pandemic has changed the school experience and kids have not been getting the education they would under normal circumstances, and that could hurt them in the long run. But it's not as simple as just repeating a grade, according to Prachi Srivastava. She's an associate professor in education at Western University. She tells the CBC the system has to adapt and address the disrupted learning students have been faced with since March of last year. Ideally, she says that would include an overhaul of the curriculum and the implementation of remedial education for students kindergarten to grade 12 to boost their core skills. Tina Trajani, Global News. I don't think there's any... Oh, sorry, Loren. Go ahead. No, that's fine. I was just going to say, I think that this is a decision nobody would want to make. You don't ever want to have to think about holding your your kids back if that's where people are at in the conversation about where this pandemic has taken them. But when you add it all up, depending on where you're at, you know, right now my kids are at school, but in Winnipeg and Brandon, they aren't. And Dolphin just moved to remote learning. You might you might be talking not just weeks, but months by the time it's all said and done, you know, between last year and this year, right? So you had March, April, May, June last year, you have a couple weeks here and there thrown in depending on what school you're in, what division you're in. And so you add it all up. And yes, I know teachers are doing a tremendous job with the remote learning, but not everyone's able to stay on their kids the same way because you might be working, working from home, working at your job, and you're not able to monitor it. And so I think there might be some out there that are saying, I I don't know where my kids ask. And so I'm curious if we might do some testing before the end of the school year so we can figure out where our kids are at before we start September, uh, wondering all over again if they're ahead or behind. I, I think if we're honest with ourselves and one another as parents, could you imagine if we had been in the same situation? It was hard enough to keep kids, I'll, I'll put my hand up right at the top of the list, keep me A, interested in school, B, keep me on track. When I was with a teacher, when I was in a classroom day after day, hour after hour, a spare was a disaster for me. Uh, cause half the next class, all I could do was think about when am I getting a next spare? Or if I had a spare, uh, that meant half my afternoon or half my morning was already going to be out of class. So I might as well miss the one before or after. And then now to have all the freedoms that some kids have, depending on their age in terms of being in front of that computer and whether they, you know, getting them out of bed and all the different, I mean, gee whiz, the, the mounting issues here, Brett. It's a long list of things that students are dealing with. I don't think there's any way that they're going to be able to start next year without doing some sort of recap of what they did the year before. I think the beginning of of next year will be unlike any other beginning of any other school year and just helping kids stay on task. Like I don't want to out my kids on the air here, but like I've got one who's really struggled with this and I thought the other one was doing quite well. And then I got an email from his teacher yesterday saying, like, he was he was like the top student in this in one particular class. He hasn't handed in this. He hasn't handed in that. And he missed today's class. And it's like, gee whiz, you know, and how mad do you get based on what they're going through and what they're having to deal with? That's the other part. You know, finding that fine line in terms of discipline and and trying to get them back on track. It's a difficult, it's a difficult journey right now, Brett. I'm trying to imagine myself in this situation as a teenager uh, because sometimes I think we as adults, and I'm not pointing fingers, I just mean in general, I think we as adults sort of forget what it was like to be a kid or forget what it was like to be a teenager. So I'm trying to put myself back in adolescent Brett McGarry shoes and what would I want to do in this situation because I remember wanting to just get like get school over with I wanted you know I remember thinking god grade 12 is still so far away and the idea that I might have to repeat a grade and drag it out even further just sort of with just pandemic aside that would make me insane but now this 
this pandemic has sort of screwed everything up, I don't know what I would want to do. Would I want to just sort of soldier on or would I want to redo it? Uh, because I know that I wouldn't be thinking, well, my education has suffered. I would, I would probably be thinking, oh my God, I got to stay in school now until for an extra year. I don't want to do that. So it's got to be tough right now, Loren, for, for kids of all ages. Yeah, and we we were joking at six forty five in our having coffee talking segment about typos we've making we've been making in our texts and things not making sense. And Greg, you said something about you know I just kind of don't care anymore. I hit send and hope that somebody mm-hmm. on the other end can figure out where I'm at, whether it's with the with bad grammar or you're typing I am can and us having no idea what you were trying to say and whether <laughs> or not that was a cry for help. And and I bring that back up because. You know, we're all kind of there in that same space of being done. And so it, you mentioned it, it is a lot to ask for the kids to keep going at 100% as if things were normal when it's not. And so if I think it, you know, at our age with what we've experienced and what we've been through, that we're sort of having that sort of laissez-faire attitude with, yes, it's just a text or an email, but it doesn't bother me the way it used to. I used to get so upset if I'd have a there, there mix up or an it's, it's, and now it's like they know what I mean. They'll figure it out. And so as adults, we're struggling. And then we throw, you know, kids into the equation and then remote learning and then technology and internet gaps and just being tired of it all. It's almost like this conversation we had six months ago. Do we, is it time for a do-over? And can we all just get a do-over on the year? Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we're asking you for typo stories at 204-780-6868. gift card, Santa Lucia Pizza. Our winner shall be revealed in just a moment. Greg, I know you're a fan. Big, we were all a big fan of Peter's text. It's so cute. I'm going to read it again. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. I was going to meet a brand new customer as I'm in outside sales. She told me to text her. What is about 10 minutes away? I voice texted her. Her name is Bev. When I got to her house, I looked at the text and with astonishment noticed I had said, hi, babe, I'm about 10 minutes away. (laughs) Thank goodness she has a good sense of humor. We call each other babe to this day. That is cute. And Loren, did you see uh, how Louisa spoke to her husband? Would you get in trouble? Yes. Writing, my husband would pick me up from work every day. And one day he sent me a text saying, hun, I'm here. And I texted, you write down ASAP. And when I hit send, ASAP autocorrected to a-hole. <laughs> so he received, be right down, a-hole. I had to quickly call my husband so he didn't drive away, lol. We both had a good laugh. Now, if the other texter calls their friend Babe to this day, does she get to call him a-hole yes. to this day? Because of the- <laughs> I was wondering. Uh, Graham. It says, back in the day when I was new to texting, I was going back and forth between a, a chef and this gal from our accounting office on two different topics. So the chef asked me to buy him another rack, the same as his existing, to which I responded, I need to know the size of your rack. Of course, as soon as I hit send, I realized I sent it to the oh, wrong no. person and was promptly told <laughs> a lady never tells. Awfully embarrassing oh, to explain that to the accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read that one ahead. I was listening to it and then I was, oh, I got to read this. That is very good. Very good. There, there was many we could not read today because we could not find a clever way to say the words that were autocorrected. It wasn't as simple as duck. Yeah. <laughs> but And this this next one, our winning text also borders on it. But you know what? We're going to give this a try because Nancy, uh, I laughed hysterically when I read this. Last summer, while visiting my daughter and son-in-law's cottage, there was a commotion when a section of their dock floated away. I texted my other daughter saying, sorry, can't talk now. Glenn's dock broke off and all the guys are trying to reattach it. Good thing it didn't happen at night, but it didn't say Glenn's dock broke off. It said Glenn's, well, Richard. shall we say, shall we say his, his, his deck? Mm-hmm. Does that work? Mm-hmm. That's close. That's about as close as I can get. <laughs> it broke off and all the guys are trying to reattach it. <laughs> So Nancy says, brought some humor to a stressful situation. <laughs> the best part was it broke off. All the guys are trying to reattach it. Good job. It didn't happen at night. <laughs> the deck is more useful maybe at that time. 
<laughs> so Nancy, congratulations. Mm. Thank you for sharing that story. And thanks to all for sharing these stories. Oh, the, the, we needed this today, didn't we? Oh, yes. Yes, we did. Uh, and that the typo stories you've sent are just priceless. Uh, some of the mistakes that we, like, it's so easy to make what, like, when you send, when you hit send and realize what you've just sent, it's such a sink, like that, that feeling in the the pit of my stomach. I just like, I feel like I could jump out the window when I realize I've sent a, like a text to the wrong person or typed up something bad. So thank you for having some fun with us this morning. Greg's right. We needed it today. We want to introduce you right now to someone who has chosen, Loren, chosen to run 150 kilometers for charity. Yeah, we first heard about this a couple days ago from Global's Marnie Blunt. The fundraiser is called 5K Every Day in May, and it's in support of an organization that helps provide beds to kids who really need them. Maria Savali is Director, Communications and Donor Relations for Sleep in Heavenly Peace, Winnipeg, and she's our guest this morning. Maria, welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for taking the time and thanks for what you're doing. Before we get into your 5K a day, which uh, would be a challenge for many of us, I think, can you tell us a bit about Sleep in Heavenly Place, Winnipeg? What's this organization all about? Sure. Can I just correct you first? There's 31 days this month, so it's actually 155 kilometers. Ooh, you better. That's fair. That's a whole extra 5K. That is absolutely worth the correction, Maria. Okay, so 155 kilometers for charity. Let's talk about Sleep in Heavenly Peace. Yes. So we are a a volunteer-driven nonprofit charity here in Winnipeg, and we're dedicated to building and delivering handmade beds, new mattresses, bedding and pillows to children in Winnipeg who are currently sleeping on the floor. I think um, Loren was trying to volunteer to run that last 5K for you. I think that's where the, the math mix-up came up. I think it was uh, purposeful so that she could uh, volunteer to run that last 5K. I can't hear you right, I got now. That right something's wrong with Something's wrong with my headset now. Now I can't, <laughs> now I can't hear what anybody's saying, so carry on. All right. Well, that to segue into this question, Maria, of all the yes. things you could have chosen to raise funds, why choose to run 155 kilometers? Well, it uh, came about on, I guess, a personal challenge combined with a passion for this cause. Um, in the middle of a lockdown, a pandemic, the middle of winter here in Winnipeg, I was, uh, you know, trying to figure out a way to get active again when the spring weather hit. And then all, obviously for us, Sleep in Heavenly Peace 2021 hit and we were in a situation because of the pandemic everything was sort of put at a halt. We couldn't deliver beds. We couldn't plan for donation drives or bed building events. So I thought, let's combine these two things, see if we can raise some money for SHP, um, force them to get outside, explore Winnipeg and Manitoba, and raise awareness for child uh, bedlessness here in the city. How do you learn where these children are who need these beds? So it's a combination of things. Um, We have an application form on our website so people can apply for beds. Um, we also partner with local organizations who've reached out to us who they themselves um, may know of families who are in need. So our um, our team, our chapter president, then connects with the families to make sure um, that they do qualify for the beds, that they are um, that they are needed, and so on. So these are children who, to clarify, um, don't have a proper bed to sleep on. So they could be sleeping on an air mattress, on couch cushions on foam mats in some cases, old mattresses on the floor. They may not have ever had a bed of their own. So they're pretty, um, they're very much grateful when they see us walk into their home with their new beds. Mm -hmm. As a parent, I think there's nothing sweeter. When you watch your child sleep, there's something just so angelic about it. They're just, they're calm, they're happy. They might have smiles on their face. And it's that time of night that where you can rest and think to yourself, Okay, they're 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 resting now and they're getting what they need. But sleep being so crucial to kids, to it must be such a hard feeling for parents too when they want to give their kid that and can't. So, what do you hear from not just the kids but the the parents of these kids or their guardians when when they finally get that crucial part of their life into their home? That's exactly it. These parents are not too, you know, they they don't there are other priorities. There's the reason why they're not able to give their right. child a bed. So when we come in there. We're not only bringing a piece of furniture to their children. We are bringing a sense of 
relief and dignity and self-worth to these children. So often we do the big reveal to the children. We, we set up their bedrooms. They come in, big smiles, jumping on the beds, and we immediately turn to the parent who's standing in the doorway and just in tears because of what it meant that we came in there to deliver, to take care of their children. And I often say we we go in there with these beds almost as messengers, as not because we come in with the energy of everyone involved in making that bed happen, from the volunteers who donated their time to sand, cut, stain, drill the bed frame, to the donors who donated money towards the mattresses, the bedding, the pillows. So to show these parents, you know, on a, on you know on a video to facebook these are this is the team that built this bed for your child it's incredibly heartwarming incredibly emotional all the time mm-hmm. um and it just it's it's just something clearly that uh you know it's a huge cause here in winnipeg we want and we want to change that with sleep and family peace yeah i'm just imagining the the diversion and the different emotions involved there because as a parent you know, you imagine that that's what you want to provide your your child with a, with a nice room, a nice bed, and and if there are some challenges standing in the way of that, I, I can only mm-hmm. imagine the strength that it takes just to reach out to your organization in the first place. You know, there's a lot of pride there, and and to you know, you have to admit that this is where you are, and and to reach out Maria takes a lot of strength. And so the emotion that flows out of the culmination of that request has to be incredibly powerful. What message do you have to parents who, who, who maybe want to reach out, but their, their pride maybe is getting in the way of doing so. It, you know, there don't, you know, there are so many people don't feel bad. We are a community here in Winnipeg. We help each other out. It's been shown more times over this past year in this pandemic, how many people want to help. Um, in one case, we had a teacher reach out for a student because the student had made mention to the teacher about not having a good night's sleep, and it came to light. And so we are a community. We take care of each other. That's why this organization exists here in Winnipeg. That's why it's become so strong this past year. We, we want to help. We want to help you. So please reach out, whether it's uh, by contacting us on the website, by phone call, but we are, you know, there are partner organizations that have access to us as well. And we just want to take care of our own, you know, people here in Winnipeg don't realize we have children sleeping on the floor. And I've seen it firsthand and it's incredibly heartbreaking. And that's why I'm doing this. I want people to know this is happening, but there's a slew of people that want to help and make change. So we are here for you. Please reach out. Um, you know, and as soon as this pandemic, these restrictions lift, we we hope to get out there and tackle. We have 160 plus wait lists right now of uh, children waiting for beds. We have bed frames built. We need mattresses, bedding, pillows, and we need to help these children. The fundraiser is called 5K Every Day in May. Just a few mm-hmm. days left in May. How are you doing on your fundraising goal? This uh, past week, I'm doing really well, really well. I'm getting very close to the goal. Um, So I know Winnipeggers have been hearing about this. um, So they've been very generous. And I know, you know, they want to help. So I'm grateful for it. I'm I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I have six days left, or five days left now, I guess, 35 kilometers or so. So I've lost track. Um, (laughs) So I'm almost there. I'm hoping, you know, to surpass it because these, this five thousand dollars, just so you know, it helps fourteen children, fourteen beds. That's what it equates to. So I think we're at about ten beds, eleven beds. Yeah. So I'm hoping Winnipeg will help out. <laughs> well, before we let you go, I guess we got to ask you as well. How do we? Where do we go if we want to make a donation? How do we find you online? Um, if you um, you can actually find me through um, shpbeds.ca. Um, you can make a donation there. I also have a GoFundMe page set up for 5K every day in May. Um, but otherwise, shpbeds.ca uh, will help. Maria Safali, Director of Communications and Donor Relations for Sleep and Heavenly Peace Winnipeg. I certainly salute you because I despise running. So having to do it, uh, committing to 5K every day for a noble cause is uh, good for you. Thank you. Thank you. 
And thanks for bringing this to our attention uh, because I honestly, I, I didn't even, I, I, I feel sort of ignorant about it, but I never even thought about this. I, I had no idea that there were that many kids in the city, mm-hmm. uh, Maria, who, who need this help. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thank you for having me and that, thank you for allowing me to to share the message. All right. Maria Safali joining us live on 680 CJOB. Yeah, like, Greg, when I first read this note, I thought, really? Like, mm-hmm. you know, as I as just, I, maybe it's sort of ironic that this came up in conversation today, but I'm texting you guys about sheets. I need new sheets, and I'm asking, so is Egyptian cotton better? You know, mm-hmm. is a higher thread count better? I don't know. I haven't bought sheets in a while. and and But... To the fact that I, I'm looking at getting myself some nice sheets versus not even having a bed. Right. Well, it's the you, things you, you take, know, like you take for granted, right, Greg? You just don't, you, it's not, it doesn't make you, you don't have to feel bad about it, but it's a good perspective when you stop and think, right. Like, yeah, you might have a roof over your head, you might have food to put on the table, but you can't always provide all things. And you think, feel like this bed is this obvious thing to give your child, but like, like it all, you know, it might be lower down on the priority list. If you can get a blanket and a pillow, that might be enough some nights. Well, you know, for how many years, and I know this happened in my house from time to time, not that I, I didn't always or didn't usually finish w- what was on my plate, but if it was something I didn't really like, it was like, you know, there are kids starving in Africa. You need to f- finish your food. That was a tactic many parents would use to, uh, you know, get us to finish our, our meals. And, you know, guess what? The problems aren't across the ocean always. Sometimes they're in our own backyards. They might be in our neighbors' homes or people that you know. And so uh, when people bring these things to light, it's it's heartwarming and heartbreaking at the very same time. And Manitobans always step up, but you're right, Brett and Loren. This is perspective creating and, you know, for anybody that's in this situation, let me reiterate, you know, I know what it's like to grow up in a situation where your parents want to give you everything and they can't, and they're too proud to reach out for help. You know, if you can't provide it, just, just reach out because uh, that's the biggest gift that you can, uh, that you can give your child or someone in need in your, in your world, just reach out and uh, put your pride aside. I know it's difficult to do, and for anyone that can donate to this, please do so. What a wonderful initiative. Once again, 5K every day in May, and the organization is called Sleep in Heavenly Peace, Winnipeg. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.